0: Flavor Odyssey. What's up, Dojo Nation? Welcome to another episode of Flavor Odyssey. I'm your host, Robbie Raz, with our co-host, Randy Griggs. Randy, I start every show off by touching you. How do you feel about it?
1: <laughs> um, uh, pretty, pretty okay. I guess. Awkward. I, mean, <laughs> I need an adult. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're here for the Flavor Odyssey episode letter H. I almost said F, and you know why I almost said F? Why? Because I was, wa- I was interacting with the uh, Smoke Night Live episode uh, this past weekend, this past Friday. Wow. And at the end, Eric, our fearless leader, uh, gets on there and says, hey, you know, it's Flavor Odyssey is coming up, episode F. And what made, what really warmed my heart, and I was like, I typed in, I said, well, it's H, actually. And uh, eventually Jordan pointed it out. But like seven or eight, ten people in the, in the audience corrected
1: Oh, that's fantastic. that made me feel good.
0: You guys had our back. I appreciate that. Yeah, thanks
1: for knowing where we are in the <laughs> alphabet. Game. Yeah, I know. I had to look <laughs> at my notes because I almost yeah I almost said it.
0: But we're at letter H. Yeah, uh, we've got uh, some beers and some cigars to talk about today. We'll get into
1: that. Uh, Randy, how you feeling? Doing good, man. I'm feeling fantastic. Excited to get a a regular show now that we're back in the states. Mm. You know, under our belt after our uh, little F trip out to Germany. Uh, which, we were uh, back in the States for our G episode Were we? Yeah, see we're all thrown off now oh, Everybody shoot. thinks that
0: F was the last one that we did
1: What is that, huh? That's crazy Actually, no, you know what? I gotta say uh, Our G episode had a fantastic mm. uh, in- engagement From the wonderful audience that we have here uh, With Cigar Dojo and, and those of our personal friends that, that have been following the show We really appreciate uh, you guys tuning in Checking out what we're doing uh, We really hope to Get more feedback from you guys have you you know take a part in the recommendations i know you did a couple recommendation videos I did. this
0: weekend. i did i gave you all some crazy information
1: that's <laughs> well we're going to record tomorrow so i'll call you next week and ask for
0: recommendations that was all over the place but with i i'm my mind is in a bunch of different places mm-hmm. i've got this big trip coming up it's yep. my wife's 40th birthday so it's a really big deal um so uh yeah and, and i'm i mean i'm planning for we're gonna be gone for 15 days that's a whole lot of underwear and socks to pack.
1: Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, oh, you're I'm not going to wash any while
0: you're there. I will do some. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we're going to have to do some laundry when yeah, we're there. Otherwise, yeah. we're each carrying two.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know,
0: Thirty-pound yeah. suitcases. I overpack anyway. Uh, I'm an overpacker.
1: Yeah, anything more than a week, I feel like you have to like plan to start doing some laundry. Otherwise, you are an overpacker. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was hoping we could avoid that. We part went. Of the okay, so this is
0: good. IPCPR this past year. First time I traveled with Randy. And, uh, this guy, IBCPR was like four days and, and our outfits were picked out for us. We had these. So I'm thinking, so I just had like, I didn't even think I, I did check a bag because I was, I, I brought some beer with me. That was the only reason That's I right. checked a bag. Um, and you know, to bring some beer and cigar stuff home, but Randy brought you had like two huge checked bags, a big carry on bag. It looked like you were moving in. Two backpacks. Yeah. <laughs> and you brought like you had your whole coffee set up, which is great. I mean, we hey, were spoiled, hey. but seriously, Randy made coffee every morning. Although I wasn't drinking coffee at the time for no, some reason, no, which no. is I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I'm really
1: glad we're past that.
0: Yeah, we've moved on. Um I had some I made some uh do you like Phil's coffee?
1: Yeah, Phil's is one of the
0: top Bay Area brands, yeah. I would say from uh, San Francisco. I mm-hmm. picked up some uh, some Phil's coffee, and I made some of that this morning. I don't know which one it is, but it's very good. Uh, anyway, Randy travels heavy, just FYI. He brought Pedialyte with him.
1: <laughs> it
0: like, was the desert. <laughs> but they have, like, there's grocery stores. I've totally, this is the Pick on Randy episode. <laughs> there are grocery stores in Las Vegas. It's, you know, it's not just casinos. <laughs> anyway, it was... I- but we all drank the Pedialyte.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think anyone complained no, about we the didn't. Pedialyte. Like, what's, what's, that's 108 like, degrees every day. It was the big day. gallon size. You brought like six of them.
0: And, I mean, that's... One for what, each day. Yeah, I don't know what that weighs. That's, that's heavy. But anyway. Uh, but I digress. Uh, so we've got letter H. We are. Let's jump into what the pairing is real quick, and then we'll kind of go into some more details here. We are smoking the... Herrera Esteli, uh, sexy photo on the screen right now. Thank you, Eric. Uh, Herrera Esteli from Drew Estate. The Herrera Esteli Brazilian Maduro. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a few different iterations of Herrera Esteli. We'll get into yes. that. 150% of you have already smoked this, so I'm not going to tell you anything you don't know. But we'll take a little trip down memory lane. Willie Herrera yeah. joining Drew Estate. Um, and you know, after his time with uh, at El uh, Titan de Bronze. Hey, in, good job. Uh, Thank you. In uh, in Miami, um, and the
1: beer we've got, Randy, is what? This is the Heretic CHP, um, also known as Heretic Chocolate Hazelnut Porter. Ooh. It is a uh, robust porter. Uh, Heretic does a um, does a standard robust porter called Shallow Grave. Um, they'll talk a little bit about... I've got about. a story about that. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, it's honestly my favorite porter. I know we're both big fans of the Anchor Porter that we've done in the show. Um, the Shallow Grave really stands apart uh, as it has this luscious mouthfeel. It's just so viscous and so rich. Easy. And, uh, and so they take the Shallow Grave base beer and they add uh, cocoa nibs mm. and hazelnut... Um, natural flavoring and so making a chocolate hazelnut version of the same exact beer a little insider uh inside baseball knowledge on uh why they call it chp is heretics located in fairfield california that's right by the california highway patrol um Mm. headquarters and station and a lot of the officers uh frequent the tap room they're big fans of the brand and they come in a lot and so uh so there was kind of a, a duality there to, you know, bring out a flavored dark beer as well as give a little tip of the hat to the local officers that support the brand.
0: Nice. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> That's pretty cool. It's a very good beer.
0: I've had it uh, quite a few times. I'm going to tell my shallow grape story uh, just to get out of the way. If if I cry, I apologize. <laughs> uh, so I'm a home brewer and uh, I usually, I brew all grain and when I brew, I, I tend to brew my own recipes nothing extravagant i'm mainly making ipas or something basic and uh as a home brewer you can i i referenced this on a show earlier uh you can purchase uh kits from your local place we uh more beer is one uh that is local to us and um close to your heart indeed um so i picked up i wanted to do a porter and they had the uh the kind of pre-made pack for the shallow grave and so I did that I went and got the fresh grains and milled everything and went home and I brewed and it was probably the most successful brew day I've ever had I everything went smoothly I hit all my numbers All my uh, volume was right everything was great uh, the fermentation process went smooth uh, I ended up with I was a little high in ABV like it was supposed to come in at about 7 percent and I ended up at about 7.4 and everything was great I put it in a keg and I was forced carbonating it overnight, and I tried it, you know, the next day early. And it, was, it wasn't it was quite carbed enough, so I turned the carb back up, and I was going to let it uh, force carb for another few hours. Um, and Dana and I went out and did stuff that day. It was a Saturday. And this was about two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And uh, I go back in that night. I thought, oh, man, I forgot to, you know, turn down the carb. I didn't want to carbonate my beer. And I go in, and I look, and I notice there's some beer at the bottom of my uh, of my keyser, which is a it's just a chest freezer, and I put some taps in it, so it fits three kegs. And um, and I looked, and I go to uh, to turn off the gas, and I go to pick up the keg, and keg is completely empty. All of the beer slowly, in a tiny little stream, shot out of the keg f- over about an eight-hour period, and I lost all
1: five gallons. It's devastating. Oh, it wa- I was... <laughs>
0: devastated i was so disappointed i was so disappointed in myself because mm-hmm. and there's nobody to blame which is probably best yeah. uh there was no there was no coming back from it and i tried to pull a little bit there wasn't anything left Ugh. And but they did taste it earlier that morning and it was really good it was probably
1: the best beer i ever made and boop gone you know it's something uh so uh the reason more beer would be close to my heart i uh started in a homebrew shop in San Leandro that ended up getting acquired by More Beer, and I ended up the operations manager for More Beer for uh, a little under seven years. And uh, so I, the the family there, the folks that run the place, uh, and everything they do is very close to my heart. But uh, you know, working in a, in a homebrew shop all those years, uh, one of the things I'd always tell people a lot of people would come in and ask, "Oh, is homebrewing? You know, do I save money on beer?" No. You don't, and you put in so much time and effort. It is an absolute labor of love. The cleanup is probably 70% of the actual work yeah. uh, done for brewing beer. Uh, so I can very much relate to how hard that must feel yeah. when you've given up full days of your weekend yep. to, to brew the batch of beer just to And have then to two go. weeks
0: to ferment it. And yeah. it's just, oh. And I was so excited about it. It was, uh, anyway, it's my heart broke a little bit that day, but uh, we moved on um (laughs) clearly we've moved on uh my wife uh god bless her like when i get really upset about something i get quiet like i don't get mad and break stuff i want to and i'm doing it in my head but i just get really quiet and she was like she she knew how upset i was and she kind of let it go for about a half hour and then she came and found me she's like you're handling this really well and that kind of scares me. <laughs> I was like, no, it's, I'm fine. I just, it was my own mistake. I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, and then she offered to take, because uh, there's a few parts of the brew day that you need some assistance with moving things around and stuff. And, and so I, it's, it probably accounts for like 48 seconds of my brew day, but there are certain things I need her to help me with, um, <clears throat> like carrying seven and a half gallons of boiling wort um, you know, it gets heavy, and it's a big thing, and I want to burn myself. I've done that one, too. I burnt my uh, shin on the bottom of the, of the kettle. <sighs> I've got scars. Um, anyway, but I digress. Let's talk about this, uh, this rare Esteli. Please. Do you, what do you know about it? I know it's delicious. <laughs> it's good, it is. It's quite delicious. It's spicier. This is the first time I've smoked it, actually. Yeah. And it's spicier than I anticipated. Okay. Because I don't think of Brazilian Matafina that's the rapper on this, as being very spicy. Mm -hmm. Um, But (coughs) let's go back in time a little bit. We'll talk about Willie Herrera. He's the master blender for Drew Estate. Mm -hmm. He joined Drew Estate back in 2011. And before that, he was uh, running things at El El Titan de Bronze. Not Titan, it's Titan, right? No, if you're saying it in Spanish, it's El Titan. See? Yeah, I got you. So he came over to uh, Drew Estate 2011. Um, Interesting story that I read that the Herrera Esteli Habano, which is the uh, first in the line of Herrera Esteli, it has the Ecuadorian Habano wrapper on it. Mm-hmm. That cigar was blended kind of during his interview process. They, they wanted him to come over and blend kind of like a Cuban-esque kind of cigar. Mm-hmm. And uh, he blended three during his visit to the factory as part of his interview. And, um, and one of them was the blend that ultimately became uh, the Herrera Esteli Habano. Nice. That came out in 2013. <coughs> uh, the Lancero in that is phenomenal.
1: I have not had the yeah, Lancero. Yeah, you got to track down the Lancero. That's okay. phenomenal.
0: Um, so then uh, in 2014, uh, Willie Herrera became the master blender for Drew Estate. And uh, in that time, the Herrera, I'm going to flip through my notes. Normally you wouldn't be able to see this, but it's on the screen, so whatever. We're just going to go with it. Uh, the Habano came out in 2013. Okay. Herrera Esteli Norteño Mm -hmm. with the San Andreas wrapper, Mexican San Andreas. That came out in 2014. The Herrera Esteli Miami Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper came out in 2016. Line extension in 2018. So I think in 2016. Now this, I couldn't quite find the info um, while I was looking. Granted, I didn't look too hard because I was mainly focused on this particular cigar. But I believe the Miami came out in just one size initially okay. in 2016. And in 2018, <coughs> along with the Brazil, the Brazilian uh, Maduro, along and a complete rebranding of the entire line, they added uh, a line extension to the Miami. So all of them I think are pretty much available in these five sizes. The uh they they're called a little bit different things and they're all slightly different, but for the most part they're Actually, no, they're all very different. I beg your pardon, really? but the uh, the Brazilian Maduro <coughs> a Grande, a Robusto Grande, five and a quarter by fifty-two, Toro Especial, six by fifty-two, Lonsdale, which we're smoking, is six by forty-four. Uh, the Fino is a six by fifty-two, and the short Corona Gorda, five and seven eighths. I always think it's interesting when they shave off one eighth of an inch on a cigar. Like what's does that really make that big of a difference? Uh, by forty-six, so that's a little bit of the background on this particular cigar. We'll get into um, uh, different things about <clears throat> Brazilian tobacco. We've got a little bit of uh, talking points on that as well, but we okay. can we can jump into that into a minute. Uh, let's uh, let's we kind of covered. Do you want to talk any more about the beer, the brewery, anything like that?
1: Uh, we could throw in there. You know what? There was a, if I may, almost kind of diverge slightly because this uses cocoa nibs. Um can I tackle that question from like five weeks ago about blonde stouts or mm. <laughs> Yeah.
0: We yeah, we totally forgot I remember whose question that was. We're gonna have to look that up. It we will be have in the to I comments. Yeah uh, it,
1: during the, the Patrick. I think it might have been Patrick's question.
0: Oh, but it might have been Chad it, No, it's Chad's question. Was it Chad? It's Chad's question.
1: All right. And so, if I'm wrong, sorry. Okay, so this uses uh cacao nibs. Um cacao nibs are um uh, cacao grows in pods, it's this big fruit, it's like a big hollow fruit, and inside are, are the the nuts or the seeds of that fruit. And what, they're, what they do is they actually take the whole fruit, they put it in piles, they ferment it, and then they pull all the, the seeds out, and then those are air dried and roasted. Uh, so a lot of people don't know that fermentation is uh, part of the processing Uh, For cacao, which is the base of what can eventually become chocolate. But what they do is they they roast those seeds and they bust them up and it turns into this like a crumbly uh, consistency. They're like big chunks. So it's all uh, I wish I could think of a better analogy, but it's almost like a kitty litter kind of consistency. Come on, don't do that. Um, It's gross. (laughs) um, And so you definitely get a sense of chocolate, but there's no sweetness. There's not the fat. To make chocolate then, you mix that with uh, sugar and cocoa butter, and that's what eventually becomes chocolate. Um, So the cacao isn't quite chocolate. It's the precursor main ingredient to chocolate. Uh, So when you take those um, broken up, roasted and fermented seeds and you soak it into the finished beer, it imparts the aroma and the flavor of the cacao, which most people immediately recognize as chocolate, even though it's not. Um, and so, but the thing that it doesn't impart is color. Uh, so, well, uh, those are used in this beer. now, Now, this beer, even the shallow grave, the original version has chocolate notes, and that's coming from the malt. And so by adding the cacao nibs, um, you're really enhancing that. You're adding more to it, but you're also drawing more out from the malt. Um, but we had a question in a previous show that we literally just forgot to, um, uh, Rob forgot to ask me uh, when we were Thank on you the for show. That. Yeah, yeah, it was all it Rob's It went from fault. we to Rob.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we forgot. No, no. Rob forgot.
1: Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, appreciate that. So
0: um, <laughs> I'm going to touch you a little bit more.
1: <laughs> so uh, I, I had the, the great opportunity to work with a... Um, chocolate manufacturer back in the uh, early 2000s so you have experience as a chocolatier Um, I was not the chocolatier our good friend Brad at Cho was the chocolatier at the time but I worked with the company uh, to develop um, the use and protocol for imparting this flavor into beer Mm. and it was uh, fairly unknown in the beer industry and I don't want to take too much credit here but I was uh, on a team, working with Cho. I don't want to take too much credit, but I will. <laughs> well, we ended up uh, doing a, uh, a booth at that year's Craft Brewers Conference in Chicago in 2006, um, where we uh, made Cho cocoa nibs available to brewers. And, and all weekend long, brewers were lined up uh, at our booth asking how to use the nibs uh, to impart those flavors into mm-hmm. beer. And um, as a result, uh, breweries like uh, the brewery out of Placentia, California, uh, a little brand called uh, Sam Adams out of Boston, um, all took these notes, started buying uh, cocoa nibs, uh, cacao nibs from Cho and developed beers like uh, Black Tuesday Mm. and um, uh, Sam Adams does a beer called Utopias or used to do a beer called Utopias that came out every other year and in the off year the beer that came out in that same kind of extension uh, was called Chocolate Porter and it was beautiful, had like this pewter plaque as the label on the bottle Um, that all came to be from our efforts uh, working with Cho so I would do homebrew versions and do different uh, kind of test samples, take them back to Cho Uh, what also came from that is a couple breweries, um, one of them, uh, which is now Faction Brewing, won't we'll go into the backstory story there, but uh, Roger Davis, the owner and brewer at Faction, came out with a beer called Anomaly. Uh, that was a blonde beer, so yellow in color, mm-hmm. that used the cacao nibs, that if you were to drink this beer blindfolded, uh, you would swear it's got to be black in color or dark brown at least in color because of the rich chocolate aroma and flavor in it um, but indeed it was uh, he actually nitrogenated it and uh, and turned it into a nitro uh, blonde stout and that sounds actually very very good oh it's delicious and now several other breweries come out with blonde stouts and I'm sure they're not all still buying uh, cacao nibs from Cho, as other companies realize that the brewing industry was a a potential um, client for for that product. Mm. Um, But that's what a blonde stout is, is uh, the use of cacao nibs gives you that chocolate aroma and flavor without the color. Interesting. And so Heretic has that in the CHP, and now I've said everything I need to about the beer. Okay. (laughs) You
0: you go back and forth between saying cocoa nibs and cacao nibs. I do. It's the same thing. It is. It's cacao technically, but most people are going to say yeah, cocoa, right? Yeah, it's
1: just like I I don't know that I'd really correct someone if they s- called it El Titan de Bronze. That's fair. Yeah. Um it's I mean, I
0: would cuz I'm a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I, that
1: was one of the first things I corrected you on in this show. You're right. I remember was, that. Uh, and I don't remember what the, I don't remember what show it was. No, I remember that because I had never told you that I actually was, you know, kind yeah. of working with a well, that's ironic, that, yeah. The one that, thing you corrected correct, it, I corrected me, and I like, like seriously, it? me of all people get corrected on that? That's funny. <laughs> now I now I want to go back and,
0: and relive that moment. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm enjoying that. Um, <clears throat> so I'm just looking through here because I know that uh, Drew Estate um, uses this uh, Brazilian Modafina wrapper on the FSG, the Florida Sun mm. I think that's the only other time they use it. As uh, as the wrapper, I know it's the binder on the number nine, the Liga Pravada uh, number nine. I'm trying to see if it's in the T52 as well, but I don't see the blend breakdown here on. But what you're looking at is all the
1: like um, all the year-round. <clears throat> Drew Estates, right? Because so, yeah. I think they use it in, in a lot of the Liga Unico uh, releases.
0: Oh, probably. Yeah, I didn't really look at those, but yeah. you're probably right. I don't think they use it as a wrapper on any of those, but it's probably the binder on mm. on, uh, on many of them. Uh, it's really, it's uh, an interesting tobacco. It's doesn't, it doesn't, I can't seem to find too many cigars that use it as a wrapper. The Montefina. Yeah. Not, th- I mean, I, again, I didn't really dig too deeply into that. Uh, the only other one going through the, the dojo here lists one of the cool things <coughs> about the dojo website is you can search in a bunch of different ways. So I searched it looking for a Brazilian Modafina wrapper. And so everything that they've reviewed that had a Modafina wrapper. So, uh, for example, the Laranja Oscuro that, uh, just came out this past year, uh, features a Brazilian Modafina wrapper. Mm-hmm. Um, Herrera Esteli. We know that Florida sun grown. There you go. Uh, and apparently the, uh, the Cao consig-
1: Consigliere um, uses it. Oh, um, am, am, I, am I mistaken to think that um, is that not the wrapper of the Roma Craft Intemperance? Hmm, that's a good question. I kind of think it is.
0: No, that's Brazilian Araparaca. Oh, you're right. You're that's, right. That's that's the more common. Um, the is the the best best selling. I don't know. Uh, they uh, they export. More of Matafina than any other tobacco leaf. But, um, the Araparaca, however you say it, right. uh, is probably more common as a wrapper.
1: Oh, I see. Usually. Specifically, yeah. talking about wrapper, Yeah, exactly. Like uses. the
0: CAO Brasilia is one that, um, uh, one of the first Brazilian rap cigars that I ever smoked. And that has the, uh, Araparaca rap. <laughs> Araparaca wrapper. <laughs> that's, that's fun. <laughs> that's fun to say. Uh, and then, yeah, and the, uh, the Intemperance as well. Okay. Um, I'm really digging this cigar. The, when, one of the first things I said to Randy once I lit this up with two or three puffs, I was like, wow, this is really spicy. Mm-hmm. Now, looking at the blend, <clears throat> which I've mentioned already, but I'm going to skim back here. and uh, Modafina wrapper, Connecticut broadleaf binder is interesting. Uh, and then it just says uh, Nicaraguan fillers. I'm guessing there has to be some uh, Estelila Hero in this. Right, and right. I think that's where that spice just is coming from because that, that Esteli Lajero has such a unique spice at least to me I feel like that's one of the most easily recognizable tobaccos um, when you're talking about Nicaraguan tobacco for me that spice bam and I, I think I'm just sensitive to spice mm-hmm. especially on the retrohale and it's just it's really really hot it's not uncomfortable it can be uh, with some of uh, some cigars we use a lot of it but I think that's where that spice is coming
1: from So just as I continue to um, Kind of develop my palate And my vocabulary mm. for describing cigars specifically <laughs> 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 Nice Little shout out to Aaron there um, And June the And John <laughs> you going to just leave Seth out <laughs> Yeah <laughs> um, Actually we call him Nips there's I'm story not going to ask. Yeah, um, ask next time you talk to Seth. Ask why did why did everybody call you Nips? Um, when you say spice, you haven't defined. You know, and we talk about spice it right, is yeah. black pepper, yeah, all I'm, the way to red chili flakes, yeah. and then there's baking uh, spicy. Is such an
0: ambiguous term. Right, right. Uh, it can mean anything from, like you said, like from like a baking spice, like right. a sweeter spice, like a cinnamon. Uh, all the way up to a red pepper spice and everything in between in it. Yeah, that's, it's a generic term, and uh, I hate when I just call something spicy because that's... Well, then I'm glad I called you out. It's just like calling it tobacco. It's like, it's tobacco. It tastes very yeah. tobacco. Yeah, it tastes like tobacco. <laughs> uh, so when I, with this one, when I say spicy, it's a hot, black pepper, yeah. earthy spice. The, at least for me. And taste is subjective, and everybody's going to find different things. For me, that Esteli Lajero... And when you go on some of these trips to different, and you can talk about going to Drew Estate. It's the first time that I ever, when I went, uh, what year was it? Two thousand. I think I went just before uh, Willie started. I think it was two thousand eleven that I went. Maybe two thousand ten. Um, the and you get a chance to smoke these individual tobaccos. They roll the little choritos or whatever you call it. Puritos. Uh,
1: yeah, they're. I think different companies yeah, call them yeah, different, they call things. different
0: things. Yeah. And it's just one leaf, and it's super skinny. I mean, we want to talk about ring gauge, like a thirty-eight. It's a tiny little thing. But you're smoking it just to get that flavor of that tobacco. Right. And um, that, it's just, man, it is so, so spicy. Such black pepper and earth, and it's big. And that's why it's such a popular tobacco, right. and everybody loves it. And that's what really put – I'll say that's what put Nicaraguan tobacco kind of on the map because it really is – When you say Nicaraguan tobacco, that's the first thing that most people think is that spice. Spicy, yeah. That big, earthy spice. And that comes from that uh, Esteli uh, Lajero. Uh, But that's a lot of fun when you get the different uh, tobaccos Mm -hmm. and you do the little blending seminar. And maybe it's different now because it's been almost a decade since I went, but you go into the room and there's all these tobaccos in these different bins and you can pick and choose whatever you want. Everything's labeled and you have kind of an idea of some of the flavor profiles you're gonna get from each of those individual tobaccos. You've done this too. sure. and just you're smoking like five of them at once, and and trying to get an idea of what this cigar is going to taste like. It's a ton of fun, um, blending in a controlled environment like that. Right, right. I mean, they, they really do make it so you're you're going to have a fun experience, and you're going to blend a cigar that you have to try pretty hard to blend one that's really awful in in that uh, in that kind of environment. Because this, I mean. There's people in there. Uh, no, you know what? Willie was there the second time that I went.
1: I was gonna say that's what he I was. Thought. He was there you the second time because he actually helped. Twice. Yeah, he he helped.
0: I did the. I went on the uh, SigFed trip and he helped me with my blend. Uh, the first time. Name drop. No, he did. He, well, he was in the <laughs> room. It wasn't just like, hey, Rob, I'm gonna help you and screw everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> he was in there, and you, all you have to do is ask. You know, I mean, they that's what they're, that's what they're there for. I mean, you you pay a fair amount of money to go on these trips, but they you get your money's worth. Oh and we've God. talked about this a couple of times, so. Uh, we can move on. Uh, But this cigar to me, really, really good. That spice has toned down a bit. They get that earthy sweetness in there. Um, Willie referenced uh, in one of his uh, interviews talking about this particular cigar. He says he loves the sweetness of Matafina and the uh, the floral notes. Um, Floral notes for me are always tough. Yeah. Because I I don't really know what floral notes means. And I think to me, it means something different than it does to other people. Uh, Floral, I just I mainly associate that with aroma, not really flavor. Of course, which is kind of. I think weird. I do too. I, I think like rose buds. Yeah, or. but I don't think of what is a rose taste like. I think of what it smells like. Right. Right. I don't know. Um, but uh, he does. He he references it when you blend the Madafina with the broadleaf, which is the binder on this. Uh, you get. Uh, he calls it a gritty floral sweetness. I'll give it a gritty sweetness The floral. To me, is that's something I just always have a, have a hard time with, uh, unless. It's a cigar or uh, like a cocktail that is overly floral. And you really, it's like, wow, you have no choice but to notice that. Um, so for me, I don't really get a lot of floral notes in this. Deep, earthy notes that uh, kind of dirty spice is still there on the retro. Uh, earthy sweetness. It's very, it's very very good. It's it's really different than the other Herrera Esteles.
1: Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, it's, they, if you just look at the other... Um, maduro with the uh with the norteño um the uh oh yeah that's <laughs> right i have my own lighter <laughs> we've we got to get to that here no we, no no, no. Okay. I, i'm not braggadocious oh can i brag for you no. i'm i'm so impressed
0: no i i uh i've been searching for uh a lighter this is actually the first cigar i've lit with it uh i've been searching for this lighter for a while uh tatuaje monster series you guys all know me if you uh, see some of the pictures that uh, Chris Flood has created, that one <laughs> that I posted recently on Facebook, uh, it was just like, oh, it's like was me and my buddies in October and he, he put, it's a picture of uh, Freddy Krueger taking a selfie with Jason and Michael Myers, Michael Myers and Pinhead from head, Hellraiser. Yeah. I'm not a big Hellraiser guy. I'm not into that. But um, anyway, this, th- I, I'm into that kind of stuff. And uh, the, the Tatuaje Monster series, they used to do these lighters, S.T. DuPont. And this is the Jason version, and I've been trying to track this down, and finally got my hands on it uh, this past week.
1: I like so. how the part that you just like gloss over <laughs> is that it's an ST Dupont.
0: Mm. <laughs> that was my first one, <laughs> and I'm doing Google searches. Do I need like special fuel? And they say you do, but apparently the uh, the Zicar uh, fuel is is probably the best way to go. Um, Most accessible, what? at least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's about half the price of the Dupont. And I don't. I know nothing about butane and what the difference is. So maybe there is a difference, and I'm just an idiot for thinking that there isn't. But anyway, we can move on. Uh, I'm really impressed with the cigar. Yeah,
1: no, I, I, think, yeah, I'm picking up. Again, it's a, one of the reasons I really like um, big, bold maduros like this. There's, there's no, there's certainly no ambiguid, ambiguity of um of you know being able to pick up those flavors the earthy the spicy i, I couldn't agree with you more on, on all the on all the uh descriptors you you've already used here uh, very rich and bold um i love this kind of cigar
0: man mm. yeah this is the type of stuff that really got me into cigars when i first started what was the first cigar this is a fun question hmm. and then we'll get into the pairing here because we've we're about half an hour in and we've neglected talking about the pairing at all Uh, But that's how we do things. Um, What's the first cigar that you remember smoking? You were like, "Wow, I need to.
1: I want to do this. I want to smoke more of this particular cigar." Well, for me, I I think we've discussed. I got into cigars. Oh, I think I know the answer. Fairly late, yeah. So for me, it was the very first cigar. A lot of people like, "Oh, well, I smoked a cigar here and there," and it was years later that I like got into it. Um, I smoked my very first cigar ever and got into it heavily right then and there um so uh i give that credit to uh davidoff late hour um which is a uh i know it's only a few years old the cigar itself i just Uh, just i mean (laughs) well back when i lived
0: in paris
1: i was a chocolatier
0: (laughs) and i invented chocolate stouts i you know decided to smoke this 40 dollars cigar
1: well (laughs) So, uh, uh, you know what? I'd love to share this story. I know we're already half an hour in, but, but I was doing a beer event at a cigar lounge and uh, had never imbibed and was there to support a beer brand that we were uh, promoting there that night. And in an effort to support the brick and mortar shop where we were at, I said, you know, thank you so much for the business that you do with us on beer. I'd love to support your shop. Uh, if you want to Point me in the direction of something rich and bold and chocolatey. Uh I'd love to buy a cigar. So she sold me the most expensive cigar in the humidor. Good girl. <laughs> Absolutely. That's exactly what you did. Yeah. And that's why I started with a Davidoff. I didn't even know what it was. I literally looked at it, I was like, like the Cool Water Cologne Company?
0: <laughs> wow. Cool water. That's uh
1: all right, let's get into the pairing. Let's go. <laughs>
0: So I'll answer, I want to answer the question, too. My first, oh, yes. the first cigar that I remember smoking um, and thinking, wow, like, I really enjoyed this and I want to buy more of it, was the, oh, crap, now I can't think of the name of it, was the, um, oh, I'm going to have to come back now. I can't think of the name of it at all. I just completely, total brain fart, like it's locked out of my brain. It'll pop into it in a minute. But my wife is the one who really got me into cigar smoking. She had uh, for the uh, family that she was working with, uh, she was putting together a poker party and it was kind of a high end uh, Napa Valley poker party. There was going to be some very recognizable names there that I won't name drop, but they got a cigar roller for the event. Uh, So you can bring you can hire and most 150 percent of you have already done this. (laughs) Uh, You can hire a cigar roller to come out and they'll roll during the event, but you can't really smoke them right there off the table usually. So uh, they have some pre-rolled stuff for everybody to smoke. But the stuff that they roll there, everybody gets to take home. So she brought one home for me and we were 49er season ticket holders at the time and uh we i brought one out and it was we were tailgating and i'm smoking a cigar and it was just like everybody was like oh man I w- do you have any more and everybody wanted to smoke with me i was like no it's the only one you can't have it i'm too cool and it was just i had so much fun and so that year she bought me a uh, a desktop humidor and a five pack of cigars i think she just got them from like bevmo in their tiny little uh, uh cigar humidor there um but it was man why can't i think of it i just can't think of what it is it's george rico's brand i've heard that name i would not know the brand you should know george rico i'll look it up but it was um gran habano corojo Uh, number five gran habano corojo number five was the cigar that uh, really got me started in um in cigars anyway uh let's get into this pairing um
1: I'm going to let you go first because right. I keep letting my cigar go out. Okay. Um, as we do, we'll talk about the intensity uh, of the pairing uh, or of each component and how the, they're, they're working together. Um, as we've gone over extensively now, the uh, cigar <laughs> is um, it brings a high intensity of flavor. A very, very uh, full flavored intensity. The body is also what I would definitely classify as full bodied as well. Very rich. Um, as virtually all Drew Estate cigars are known for, it is a huge uh, smoke-producing mm. cigar. So good, yeah, yeah. This this thing just billows, um, really fills the palate. The I a, as I've already it fills moved. the palate. I like that. Yeah, uh, the it's um, a palate filler. Yes. We uh, also talked about the, the beer being, you know, I described it as luscious and viscous. Mm. Um, you know almost to the level where I would say the body of the beer is is almost that of a stout where if you added some roasty components, this would push into stout from Robust Porter. Uh, Being that it is without roastiness, uh, it stays uh, kind of a creamy mouthfeel, creamy body. The uh, chocolate notes, uh, again, are are accentuated with the cacao nib uh, addition to the beer. I would say that the intensity of the beer is also full intensity. I think we are really spot on. spot on on the on the intensity of both uh, the cigar and the beer. Um, you want to talk to the intensity first, and then I'll go with flavor hook or yeah. the intensity for me is is spot on. Yeah, uh, and I'll take a shot at the flavor hook. Great. Um, I think um,
0: the for me the flavor hook is the sweetness. Mm. It's not necessary. And maybe that's not doing it right. And if it's not, that's too bad. Um, To me, it's that sweetness The the beer is not overly sweet. Right. For, um, for my palate anyway, I don't find it overly sweet. I feel like we're losing the hazelnut a bit, Mm -hmm. you know, which I was, frankly, was kind of worried uh, about the hazelnut, which was part of the reason I was really excited about this pairing because we, we've done, um, you know, coffee stout, I think, and, or, Stuff so yep. we've done a, a couple of beers that have, the, and the coconut uh, in the mm. porter, Excuse me, um, but we haven't done anything with a flavor like hazelnut, right? because you'll get coffee and you're going to get, well, you're not going to get coconut out of your cigars, but so maybe coconut and hazelnut are kind of on par with, it's going to be a, a powerful flavor mm-hmm. that uh, is very different than what you're getting from the cigar. So I'm always wondering how is that going to work out? I feel like the hazelnut's getting run over a bit by the strength of flavor from the cigar. But the sweetness, I feel like, is being enhanced on both sides. And I think that the flavor hook is the sweetness. And I'm just going to say it right now, we're
1: about, I'm giving this a very enthusiastic thumbs up in the pairing. Great, I completely agree with you. You know, you could uh, you point to a lot of things on the flavor hook working with this pairing, in my opinion. Uh, I totally agree, they both have a great sweet character. They both have a chocolatey character. Mm. Um, they're they're both rich and, and and uh you know between the sweetness the chocolate and uh the richness I also will give it an enthusiastic thumbs <laughs> up. Um this is uh going to be a go-to pairing for me going forward. I am really enjoying this. Yeah,
0: absolutely. This is uh we kind of nailed it with this one. Uh, and we got a little um <clears throat> a little regional with the beer. Yes. You know, uh, we and we've that. tried to avoid that. Uh, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. There's, especially when we're hampered by the alphabet, which is part <laughs> of the reason that we wanted to do this. So we're right. kind of learning uh, as we go. Uh, now, this Heretic is available throughout the country, um, not widely distributed, Yeah, I, uh, but you can find it uh, in, in different places. There's a, a list on their website. Uh, they're around the world, actually. It's internationally yeah. distributed. Yep. Yep. Uh, so I know Southeast Asia, I think, is one of the places... Uh, that's where I'm headed next week, so maybe I'll grab one when I'm down there. Yeah, you might. Be able I'm going to look it. for that
1: uh, snow beer that you talked about when oh. I'm in Hong Kong. Oh, absolutely! I, it's, I have g- to have it. Given the the volume that they yeah. boast, I, I'd be shocked if you could go anywhere in Hong Kong and not and find not it. find it. Yeah. yeah, so I will have to uh, I'll have to try that. I imagine
0: it's just a like lager. a logger, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's, it's not going to be earth shattering or anything, but right. it's the only place I can have it, so I'll have one uh, or or two, maybe three. We'll see what my options are over there. I don't know what the what the uh the Chinese s- beer scene. Yeah, I don't know what the, <laughs> the, the Hong Kong craft beer scene is like. Um and uh you know that the, everything that's going on in Hong Kong, we don't need to get into the political aspect of it. Um mm. there there is some kind of civil unrest. Uh so it's a little bit of a concern, but I think uh all the the demonstrations everything are really widely publicized, so We'll avoid government buildings for the most part. I think the only thing I'm worried about is uh, they've shut down the airport a couple of times. Oh, really? And that would be a problem for us.
1: Yeah. uh, But hopefully, you know, knock on wood, cross your fingers, whatever. I don't want to give Robbie Raz too much credit here, but I don't think this show would be the same without you, pal. I need you to come back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, yeah, well, (laughs) me too. (laughs) So hopefully uh, that's not a problem. Um, But, I mean, if we have to spend a few more days in Thailand, I think I'll be okay with that. Fair enough. Um, and I was actually giving you uh, some grief during the live the other day as to whether are you are going to keep our viewers uh, updated with you know, with lives of what we're going to be pairing while I'm gone. Why wouldn't I? Of I course know, cause, cause I will. Because you're all
1: squirrely when it comes. Well, I want to do it, but
0: I'm nervous.
1: I still. Randy's scared of you guys. I do still get nervous uh, on camera and in front of the microphone. I've gotten more comfortable on the show here. Oh. Um I think we've said before that Lot B actually is at my house. Um, and so there, there is a certain comfort level that I've gained here with you and uh, with our audience, obviously. For some reason, I did a, a live the other day and um and uh were, were more prevalent. than I am um uh, a lot. <laughs> so I do still get nervous, but no, it'll give me a chance to... Interact with the audience a little bit while while Rob's um, out there and uh, traveling in Asia. Maybe we'll even get a live from you and we'll some cool jungle or something. That'd be fun. I'm thinking maybe on the beach in Oh uh, Nice in, uh, Phuket,
0: Thailand. Okay, uh, smoking a cigar. I'm bringing. Not going to bring a ton of cigars because I only have so much space, um, and my wife doesn't smoke, so my chances to smoke while I'm on vacation are usually pretty limited. So, I don't know how much I'm going to bring. Okay. I'm definitely not bringing, like, 20 cigars, which I normally could. You know, in, in a couple of weeks, I could go through that. But it's probably going to be closer to, like, five or six. Okay. So, I'm going to have to be very, very specific about what I bring.
1: Well, and then, of course, I'll be, while well, you're in Asia, uh, Eric, Jordan, and Ooh. I are going to be uh, going to Miami to uh, do a couple of events, actually. It's it's mostly based around uh, the Palooza party. Yeah. Um, And I know uh, that uh, Smoke Night Live will be airing uh, from down there, but uh, who knows? Maybe I'll get a chance to do a little cameo while I'm down there on their show. And then um, uh, Cigar Dojo just uh, last week announced the next collaboration Mm -hmm. with Robert Caldwell. Um, And so we will be doing the official release party um, down in Boynton Beach at uh, Smoke Inn. Of oh, that cool. cigar. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, so I'm excited about that.
0: I'm bummed that I'm missing this trip. Yeah. But uh, I, I knew right off the bat uh, before this trip, uh, our vacation was planned. Uh, November 1st is my wife's birthday. So I knew that there's no way I'm going to miss her birthday. To well, be no. at uh I'd love to be there and maybe I could could have snuck away afterwards. But uh, yeah, I'm going to be traveling the world, gallivanting around, sleeping on airplanes, hoping to sleep on airplanes. <laughs> uh, so we've got uh, Smoke Night Live coming up on Friday. Yep. With uh, the boys from uh, Blind Man's Puff, mm-hmm. and this is kind of cool. They're gonna do, uh, they're gonna be blind smoking three cigars, and blind tasting three bourbons. So I think it's gonna be kind of a pairing type thing. I mean, they're stealing our idea. Yeah, what is that? I mean, uh, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's, what do they say that uh, it's the highest form of flattery? Oh, there you go. Yeah, so there we're you f- go, Eric, like we're flattered. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for the invite. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, I wouldn't have been able to do it anyway i'll be on an airplane i could skype in i'm just yeah. throwing that out there yeah randy's always available um <laughs> uh, anyway so i think yeah we kind of we're agreeing here we're right at the end yeah uh, we've gone a little bit long actually um but uh this was this is a ph- phenomenal phenomenal cigar uh if you guys haven't smoked it uh, maybe 149 percent of you have that one percent you guys really need to uh to dig in and check this out i haven't tried any of the other sizes have you smoked the other sizes
1: yeah, I've got the uh, robusto
0: and the toro of this as well. Mm-hmm. One thing I was uh, talking with uh, on fan, the
1: um, uh, one of the brand managers for Drew Estate, he said that he likes this in the larger ring gauge. Is that right? Yeah. So that you know, this might well. actually be the first time I've smoked the Lonsdale. I've mostly smoked this in the toro, and and have fallen in love with it. But as yeah, that toro is the, that's
0: the largest ring gauge at fifty two.
1: Yeah. So. But as Rob said many times, he's a huge Lonsdale fan. Has mm. kind of pushed me that way. When the Miami, um, the Herrera Esteli Miami came out in the Lonsdale, that got a ton of buzz. And so I picked up a box of that, fell in love with that. And so I've been pretty into the Lonsdales as of late. So uh, so I thought we'd try this one for the show. But Absolutely. I've, I've mentioned that a couple of times. If we have the
0: chance to smoke a Lonsdale, yep. um, chances are we're going to. We'll branch out a little bit, you know. But... Um, For the most part, uh, I'm going to push for that Lonsdale when I can. But, yeah, this uh, pairing's worked out really well. Um, Thank you guys again for tuning in. Really appreciate the support. And, again, uh, the last episode had just a ton of views and a ton of interaction when the show was live. So I really appreciate that. Um, We will uh, not be back next week. Correct. With uh, me being on vacation and the the, uh, La Zona Palooza on that trip, we will not have... An episode that week, but we'll be back the following week, which I don't even know what the date is. It uh, should be look. the 15th. Oh, okay. And uh, yes, yeah, so we'll be back with that episode. That will be uh, the letter I. Mm. And uh, we'll announce those pairings. We'll probably announce I and J pretty early because we are going to, and um, Randy gets mad when I say this, but we are going to pre record those shows. Uh, because again, I'll be gone. You'll be gone. Right. So to uh, make sure that we don't miss uh, any time, we will pre-record those. So we'll probably let you guys know relatively early, so you yep. can track those down, um, and and we'll go from there. But uh, thanks to Juristate mm-hmm. for producing uh, phenomenal cigars, Indeed. and uh, thanks to Heretic for making this. This beer is really really good. Um, I've had this multiple times. Yeah. It's uh, and it's one of the. F- I don't really uh, go with bombers too much. The this 22 ounce. Um, uh, bottles, but this is one where I can sit down. We didn't even talk about the ABV. I don't think it's very high on this. 7%. Actually, yep. it's a decent ABV. You mentioned
1: but, it when you said you homebrewed the recipe.
0: Oh, that's right. You're right. Yep. And mine was 7.5%. It would have been so good. Why'd you have to bring that up? <laughs> Remember the <laughs> one gonna, that you lost? Yeah, every we're going <laughs> to end on a ounce of. But no, appreciate you guys. Uh, we'll be back uh, in two weeks as the Odyssey continues.